We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or If you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at cheeseheadtv.com. My name is Andrew Murtig, and I'm joined by, is this a typo, Maggie Loney, to help <laughs> break down the Packers-Titans matchup? It's not only not Friday, 
this is the Monday show, but I'm also joined by Maggie. Yeah, I'm. Thanks for asking me to do this. I mean, I'm happy to be recording a pack a day episode with somebody that's not Jimmy and Jacob. So it's kind of like a late Christmas present to me. Definitely. And I'm always happy to get rid of Kyle when I can. And I am a little bit like Ron Burgundy, where I just read what's in front of me on the teleprompter. And so if you throw me off like that, then, you know, I get I get a little screwed up. But we we are here to celebrate with everybody in in what should be a very joyful time with with the Packers uh, making it through week 16. Yeah, I mean, it really honestly doesn't get much better than a 40 to 14 blowout at Lambeau Field under the Sunday Night Football lights in the snow. Uh, I think the Packers kind of proved to everybody that they can hang with just about anybody in the NFL. And, you know, going into the game, if you looked on Twitter for much of the week, also probably much of the season, you know, the talk had kind of been surrounding Derrick Henry and what he was going to do to this Packers run defense. And, you know, he was kind of largely a non-factor on Sunday. And, you know, that's no disrespect to him. But, you know, if you had told me going into the game that, the Packers would hold him to 98 yards and he wouldn't have a touchdown. I would have felt pretty good about the matchup. And, you know, going into the game, I don't know about you, I kind of saw this being whoever has the ball last wins the game. Like some type of field goal, two really explosive offenses. Like this was going to be an absolute shootout. So for the Packers to put up 40 and hold the number one offense to 14 points was just completely unexpected but a joy to watch. Yeah, and you meant you mentioned something really interesting that sort of jogged my memory. Um, the the magic of the night game at Lambeau while it's snowing, and I remember being at the Seahawks playoff game last year, and it, it was snowing, and just kind of looking up into the stadium lights with the snow coming down. And I don't think there's been a, a cooler football atmosphere for myself personally. And I, I think tonight would have been one of those those magic nights at Lambeau with the crowd going absolutely crazy, um, and just one of those things that that we unfortunately don't get. But we'll we'll hope to see fans in the stands in 2021 as the Packers defend their Super Bowl title. <laughs> Um, but but tonight, yeah, you, you mentioned really good start. Um, you know, in the first quarter, the Titans defer, and uh, so the Packers get the ball first, and there's a penalty on the kickoff. Bad start by Steven Goskowski kicking the ball out of bounds. The Packers start at the 40. They get a couple of the easy completions to Devontae, a nice run by Aaron Jones. And one thing that I really loved is we actually saw Tavon Austin on the fake jet motion for once. I, I feel like that's been a missing part of the offense a little bit. Uh, you saw Dominic Daphne on a nice catch on a boot left. Dominic Daphne, way to get involved in the game plan. He was in a lot on that first drive as a blocker. Um, I thought, you know, Rodgers made a good audible um, to change the play to an easy out to Alan Lazard to get down to the five-yard line, and then you get the screen to Devontae, who just makes a Titans player miss for the touchdown. So you got eight plays, 60 yards. They never faced a third down. Uh, Mason Crosby missed the extra <laughs> point, but that's sort of like whatever. Uh, what an impressive, impressive first drive. And yeah. then um, the Titans get the ball back. And uh, you you get a pitch to Henry, a great play by Preston Smith's knife in to make a good play. Uh, Chris Barnes fills a hole after Kenny Clark held up two Titans offensive linemen. You get a, the completion to Batson then um, as Darnell Savage. He was just like a split second late to break up the pass. 
Tannehill scrambles for nine. You get an easy first for Derrick Henry. And then a nice pass breakup by Darnell Savage on Johnny Smith to bring up third down. A throwaway on a pressure by Savage. And then Kern gets a touchback on the punt. And the Packers get the ball back. This this is the second Packers drive, the third possession of the entire first quarter. That's it. we got three possessions. A.J. Dillon gets a one-yard run. He follows up by a great run up the middle uh, from Rodgers. A one-yard rush by Dillon again. Kind of a slow start for A.J. Um, that was immediately lost on a swing pass to Tavon Austin, so that's that minus one. Uh, screen pass to Dillon for another loss of one, but the penalty on Rashawn Evans gave them a first down. The hands-to-the-face penalty actually was really impactful and something that I had kind of forgotten um, about uh, later in the game, but you know you get Dylan on a six-yard gain, quick out to Alan Lazard, Tanya with a nice catch on the naked boot for another first, and then you get a similar play going the other way, and the Titans finally figured it out. You know the Packers run that action a lot; they get they get a lot of good plays on the naked boot um, off of their running action. But then AJ Dylan picks up nine yards on a second down rush, uh, which is the end of the first quarter, and I'll let Maggie pick it up from here. Yeah, and I mean, I think that this was one of the most exciting plays of the game uh, because this is when EQ got involved, Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, he ends up on the first play of the second quarter, scoring his first career touchdown. Um, it was a nice 10-play, 80-yard drive. Um, they went for it on a two-point conversion with Jones, kind of a just a run up the gut, and that was unsuccessful. But then we, you know, we see the Packers take a 12 to zero lead really early in the second quarter, and I think that that was, you know, kind of one of the telling signs for the Packers early was just being able to get up two scores. That kind of felt like what we've seen from the Packers all season: get an early lead and then kind of hold everything off. But, you know, as we will discuss, it ended up working out a lot better for the Packers than I think any of us had anticipated. So, you know, the Titans in their second drive of the game ended up starting at the 25. Um, They had a couple runs up the middle by Henry, uh, but he was kind of a non-factor so far in the game. And then Darnell Savage, after a couple of his pass breakups, uh, has a pick on third down to give the Packers some favorable position, uh, field position back in Tennessee territory. So another really short drive for the Packers that culminates in, you know, another touchdown to Devontae Adams, his second score already of the night. And then just like that, super quick for the Packers, it ends up being uh, 19-0 with the Crosby extra point. So three drives for the Packers, three scores, uh, and the defense is hanging on really pretty. Uh, So then on the third drive for the Titans, it was just another absolutely incredible defensive series from Green Bay. Uh, First, they had the sack uh, with Christian Kirksey, then they have a batted pass by Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith gets in on a sack on third down, and the Titans end up punting on fourth and 27. So, you know, absolutely, you couldn't have scripted it any better unless maybe, you know, you give the Packers the extra points that they missed. Um, but just a lot of fun to watch that game. Fourth drive for the Packers you get an Adam snag for 23 yards to kind of open up the drive from midfield. Rodgers sets his NFL record, uh, throwing 22 touchdowns in the second quarter, which was the most in a season by a quarterback. Uh, Tom Brady Can, made the list. And Go ahead. I, I just I have to ask you a question because all three quarterbacks on that list had, had were, like, the record was in the second quarter. Yeah. Is, is there any relevance to that? I, I was trying to think, like, there's got to be something here, right? 
What, why is it the second quarter? I don't like maybe there's a number for every quarter, but it's just you know hit twenty. Yeah, no, 20. that that was the record for any quarter. But all three of them said it in the second quarter. I don't know. It, it's just like it's just one of those weird statistics. <laughs> that this is, is the danger of doing the show with me. I don't mind it. I you know you taught me something, but I did think that that was a super interesting little nugget. I think it was on the Pat McAfee show. Aaron Rodgers was like, you know, they'll find a random stat for everything, and you can set records and make history every week. But then you know they pull up the graphic, and he really did. Like they really will make a stat out of anything. Um, that drive, you know, this is where I think the game kind of got a little bit interesting. If you're a Packers fan, which you know, likely you are if you're listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast. This is where you probably started sweating it a little bit. Um, The Packers ended up, you know, trying to or needing to uh, kick a field goal. It was almost a a Robert Tunyon touchdown, uh, just a touch overthrown. Otherwise, he would have had it. But uh, the Titans blocked a field goal. And then Tennessee returned it inside Green Bay's 20, and everything was negated by an offsides penalty. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you didn't jump in here to uh, mention that J.K. Scott did actually make a tackle on a play that was negated. So it's not going to go down in his stat sheet, unfortunately, but he looked pretty pleased with himself when that happened. I scrolled down when that happened three to four pages on Twitter, and every single comment was about J.K. Scott making a tackle. <laughs> So whoever you are, if you think your joke was original, it wasn't. But <laughs> keen eye for every, everybody rooting for J.K. You know. Yeah, I mean, after what we've seen from him on some of his his returns, and as a punt return, you know, it was nice to see him get involved as the holder. He had to get up. He had to start running. So, you know, kudos to him for not just trying the push. He ended up just kind of using his body as like a, a tripping mechanism, but... You know, and then, of course, the Packers had to get a little greedy and go for it on fourth and three after that offsides penalty. Uh, and Rodgers ended up getting sacked. Turnover on downs. Titans had one more drive left in the first half. And they started at the Green Bay 30. Um, I thought it was interesting that we saw a lot more of Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin as kind of that two inside linebacker tandem. It seemed like Kamal Martin and Christian Kirksey were kind of switching off uh, on different uh, looks for the Packers. And Barnes was kind of that every down mic'd up linebacker. Um, we didn't see a ton again from Derrick Henry on this drive, but A.J. Brown finally started to get involved, uh, which I think kind of rejuvenated that Titans offense a little bit, took it down to the two-minute warning, got another first down from A.J. Brown at the Green Bay 40, and then it was the longest run of the night for Derrick Henry, which was 11 yards and a first down. So thought that was interesting that the Packers really, you know, you see his stiff arms and just the way that Derrick Henry can kind of take over a game. And the Packers had really kept him in check for most of, pretty much all of, I guess, the first half of the game. So you had a Kevin King uh, miss of a tackle drink and then uh, a touchdown to Johnny Smith with 40 seconds left in that second half or in the second quarter uh, to give the Packers a 19-7 to lead uh, with the Tennessee Titans converting their extra point. But, you know, outside of a really kind of interesting uh, Aaron Rodgers scramble on the Packers' fifth drive, um, they kind of just let the clock wind down and take it into the third. But I don't know if this ended up being true or not, but on the broadcast they were talking a ton about that being the most yards that Aaron Rodgers has ever scrambled, like on a play. I think it ended up being like a 14-second runaround just the length of the field that he kept going sideline to sideline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I'm 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 guessing that probably is true. I I don't know how long that they've you know tracked some of those next gen stats, but that that was that was a lot, and it is it's it's a little surprising to see Rogers scramble to one side of the field. A not find anybody and B not throw it away immediately. So he he really wanted to keep that play alive. Billy Turner made a nice uh, block back as Rodgers was making his way back to the right side of the field, um, and and Devonte almost got open. And I'm really glad Rodgers yeah. didn't throw it because there was a Titans defender lurking underneath <laughs> that I didn't see initially on the play. And with their white uniforms tonight in the snow, I'm I'm shocked at, at how quickly Aaron Rodgers was able to diagnose those things. And so then, then we got to halftime, and of course, everybody was talking like the Packers had already won the game, um, because <laughs> of course, that's how they present things in the national media, and it makes everybody really nervous, so please don't do that anymore. Um, so the Titans, because they had deferred, got the ball first in the second half, and they started off with a run by Derrick Henry for four yards, A.J. Brown... Um, got the first down, but then came up limping. And, and I'm not sure how much that impacted him the rest of the way, but we really didn't see much out of A.J. Brown after that. You get back-to-back rushes by Derrick Henry. And then Tannehill uh, runs the read option on uh, when, when the Titans need one yard to convert, and it goes for a 45-yard rushing touchdown. And it looked like just no one on the defense believed Tannehill had the ball. I, I meant to go back and, and look at this before we talked about it, and I, I kind of forgot. But there was one player, maybe a linebacker, maybe a safety, who actually looked at Tannehill and then ran inside to help us. <laughs> so clearly uh, not looking for the ball, not looking for for that read option, um, and that really made things nervous uh, as the Titans had then gotten within five. On on the Packers' ensuing drive of the second half, Aaron, Rod, uh, Aaron, Rod, Aaron Jones bounces a run beautifully to the outside. It should have been a loss, and then it should have been about a 15-yard gain, but the official missed him stepping out, and he runs inside the 10, and the Titans then did not challenge, and so that was really interesting. I, it's funny because they were trying to show the replay, and then the Packers were already snapping the ball, so they didn't give Mike Vrabel a lot of time to hear from his upstairs person if that was in or out, um, and it does matter because it counts. It's it's just a, a missed call at that point, and, and then Aaron Rodgers and Devontae just do their thing. Um, way too much time on that play for number 12 to throw, and certainly if you're going to give Devontae that much time to get open, he's going to get open. Um, so then the Packers get the ball back to the Titans, and we go incomplete, three-yard Henry run, nearly intercepted by Darnell Savage. So that's a three and out, a rather uninspiring drive, and a big turning point in the game. And also, holy Darnell Savage, Batman. He (laughs) is uh, making a big, big impact in this game. Packers get the ball back. You get uh, A.J. Dillon, who is basically stopped for a minus one-yard run, but he turns it into eight. Uh, And then, you know, he gets a first after that. There's an offsides call. Dylan, with one of his few poor runs of the night, loses three um, on what looked like a bad block by Billy Turner, who had just subbed it or just slid over for Rick Wagner to right tackle. Um, and then you get yet another pass to Devontae for a first. Aaron Jones turned a play that could have been a loss again, another missed block. Uh, this time it was MVS and, and turned it into an eight yard gain. And then on fourth and one, you get A.J. Dillon taking it to the house for his first career rushing touchdown. Uh, the Titans do get the ball back in in the third, uh, right at the end. They get a couple of solid runs, a Firxer catch for a pass for a first down, um, and then a great pass 
breakup by Jair, a big run by Derrick Henry for a first, and then Jonu Smith gets 10 yards uh, for a first on a third and long. So the Titans convert again, and then the uh, whistle blows and we go to the fourth quarter. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, and I mean, I think just so far, I mean, I know you said obviously the Packers got, or the Titans got within five, but it just felt like watching this game that everything was going so smoothly for the Packers, and it was just about everything you'd wanted to see, kind of a holistic approach from the team. They talk about how, you know, against the Panthers, they kind of came out really flat in the second half, and we didn't see any of that tonight against the Titans. It really felt like the Packers just kept their foot on the gas the entire time. They had a complete game uh, from the defense as well. So, you know, part of that, of course, was kicking off the Titans, uh, their drive in the fourth quarter. You had a great pass breakup by Jair and then on the very next play Preston Smith got some pressure in there on Tannehill and he threw one up in the air that Christian Kirksey came down with which was his second interception of the season so set the Packers up in some really nice field position there to kind of go away or run away with the game after the Dylan score Um, there was a fumbled snap which is kind of uncharacteristic of course for Rodgers um, ended up falling down on midfield, uncharacteristic pick from Rodgers again uh, with a diving interception from Malcolm Butler. Uh, but when your numbers are 44 touchdowns, it's, I guess, okay to give up a fifth interception. You know, we're, we'll go with your theory that the uh, white jerseys just blended into the snow too much and Rodgers didn't see him diving there. But So that set the, the Titans up with some nice field position kind of going into the middle of the fourth and uh, they didn't do anything with it. Uh, Kevin King made a really, really nice open field tackle on Derrick Henry, which was pleasant after what we the whiff that we saw earlier in the game. Um, but Henry, of course, still picks up his first downs because he's Derrick Henry. Um, some nice Tannehill scrambles, kind of trying to keep things alive when he can, but there just wasn't a ton kind of working for this Titans offense. And, you know, you could really tell towards the end of the game, you know, this was their eighth drive. They ended up having nine drives. Uh, in that fourth quarter. So another nice, really, really nice pass breakup by Jair and then a turnover on downs with the Titans going for it on fourth and four at the nine-yard line. So Packers ended up starting their ninth drive at the nine-yard line. I had a couple really nice A.J. Dillon carries, two straight times for a first down. And this is kind of what, I guess, me going into the game, I had expected to see from the Titans where anyone 
who either had a lead or was trying to sustain drives would just continue killing the clock. And we saw that a ton from A.J. Dillon. The Packers had a lot of nice looks from Aaron Jones as well, but just that tandem, somebody was always fresh to kind of come in and keep these drives alive and keep the clock moving. So the Titans really never had an opportunity to get back into the game. Um, Devontae Adams, because he is Devontae Adams, broke free down the sideline on a nice uh, a second and one for a massive gain. That was him going over 100 yards on the night. Uh, they stuffed uh, A.J. Dillon a couple times to set up uh, third and long. And then, of course, you have Devontae Adams converting again to set up first and goal, where A.J. Dillon gets his second score of the night, and his Lambo leap is a little bit better with the assist of Alan Lazard uh, to put the Packers up 40-14. to uh, then you have the Titans, of course, their final drive of the game. Tan Hill was out of the game for that one, so he knew at 40-14 to 14, not much was happening there. The Packers forced a three and out on defense, um, down to punt inside the Green Bay 15, and then you had the final drive of Packers kneels, kneel down. So 40-14 to 14 final in Green Bay, ton of possessions for both teams, and the Packers obviously just ran away with it. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure there's enough money in the budget to give out game balls for this game um, <laughs> because there were so many strong performances. Certainly a lot of the defensive players really stepped up um, and played fantastic games. Um, but we're just going to talk about player of the game because it, I think the podcast would have to go an extra hour tonight <laughs> to, to get through that. So, um, you know, we try not to go too obvious with, picking Rodgers or Devontae for player of the game because they could be the pick probably every single week of, of the season. Um, so this week I'm going to go with Rashawn Gary as my player of the game. I thought the defense was going to have a handful with the Titans, and they really kept Derrick Henry in check, as, as you mentioned, and therefore kept the Titans' play-action passing game in check as well. And I thought Rashawn Gary was able to hold the edge incredibly well, um, which has always been a pretty good skill set of his. But not not only did he hold the edge, but he got off the blocks and was actually able to bring Henry down on a few occasions. And he made a major impact as a pass rusher as well. So I, I'm just really, really impressed with Rashawn's uh, development and the way he was able to impact the game specifically tonight. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you on Rodgers and Adams. It feels like, you know, we're literally seeing an MVP performance from Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you could argue, is in the conversation for Offensive Player of the Year. So to see the two of them pair up three touchdowns and just a completely convincing win at Lambeau Field was impressive. But the two of them are always impressive. And I'm not wearing it right now while we record this, but as the proud owner of an A.J. Dillon jersey, um, I wanted to also give him his due. I was really excited about him when he got drafted and it was just a lot of fun to see him kind of, I think a lot of Packers fans were waiting for that moment uh, to see a big body like that at Lambeau Field and to have it be in the snow in December just all kind of lined up really well for him. But my player tonight is Darnell Savage. Um, I just thought he was in a position to make plays literally all night. You know, he had an interception. He probably could have had two more. He was just flying around the field, and he's absolutely emerging as everything that the Packers kind of drafted him to be. So it was a really nice night for the two 2019 first-rounders. Absolutely, and, you know, with, with A.J. Dillon, I feel like I've been on the defensive since the draft. Um, <laughs> and, and I, I mean, even I admitted, you know, I had a round later grade on, on A.J. Dillon, but, 
you you know what the blueprint was for him. And yes, it is frustrating to spend a second round pick and then not see a guy um, really be a participant until week 16 other than a handful of carries. Um, but this is what he's made for. And you, you have to wonder, you know, is is this part of the game plan going forward? Was, was Dylan only playing because, um, you know, Jamal Williams was hurt? Or... You know, is this going to turn more in, uh, in into more of a rotation as as the playoffs come up? So, I yeah, think it'll be really interesting. Um, so we each picked a play of the game, and and I thought the most impressive play of the game was that Devonte catch you mentioned down the sideline on the second to last drive of the game. Um, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> I, I I thought there was no chance. There's no chance Rogers is completing that, and then Devonte. I don't think he ever saw the ball. I think he just put his hands out and caught it somehow. Um, that that was so crazy. But from the perspective of a play that actually mattered, because that was in closing time, uh, I, I thought Darnell Savage's interception in the second quarter was really a thing of beauty. He, he read Tannehill perfectly. He made a tremendous break on the ball. And that was really the start of showing the Titans they were not going to be able to pass against this defense and helped turn the tide of the game, um, even if the Titans did momentarily get back into it. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, and kind of building off of that same idea, I really liked that second touchdown to Adams um, into the corner of the end zone. I thought that it was just, you know, beautifully thrown ball, and it kind of encapsulated everything that this Packers offense can be when it's firing on all cylinders. Like, it's fun to see EQ get involved. We love A.J. Dillon getting involved. Um, we saw, you know, a couple other players on offense, but it, it really felt like the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams show, and I think that that was one of the keys going into this game was, you know, the Titans have Derrick Henry, they have plenty of weapons in the passing game, but the Packers offense can hang with anybody when 12 and 17 are on the level that they were on tonight. So, you know, at that score, the game wasn't put away by any means. It was still 19 to 0, but it was nice to see Green Bay kind of go up by three scores and maintain that distance. You know, you mentioned the Titans came back a little bit, but you know, I figured we'd be trading touchdowns all night. So to have Devontae Adams come down with his second touchdown of the night, it just felt like it was a good position for the Packers to be in, not really to run away with the game, but to just maintain a comfortable distance for most of the evening. Yeah, and then uh, we each picked a turning point, and and I said earlier that we weren't going to pick low hanging fruit, so of course I did. <laughs> uh, I, as Kyle knows um, regularly, I love to cheat in these games, and um, you know we were together for you know a month and a half or two months uh, during draft season, so you know I skirt the rules all the time, and that's exactly what Aaron <laughs> Jones did. He kind of skirted the rules. He skirted the sideline and uh, definitely stepped out, but um, it wasn't challenged by the Titans and. So, you know, what I'm looking at, Tennessee has all of the momentum at that point. They're only down five. A stop is going to be a major problem for the Packers. 
Instead, they get a huge run from Jones that sets up another Rodgers touchdown pass, and a few minutes later, that lead grows from 12 to 17. So, you know, to go from 5 to 19 in, in, in really just a, you know, 15-minute time span, um, that's a pretty big deal. And and the focus, I think, is going to be on Vrabel not challenging that play, and, and that's probably fair, at least from a Titans perspective. But lost in that is Jones was stopped behind the line of scrimmage. He just sets his feet. He was able to kick it back out and get the edge. And, yes, he stepped out of bounds. But, man, that is an impressive run on a slippery surface and, and just shows how special Aaron Jones really is. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that play. Um, to me, the only other one that I really thought of was the blocked uh, field goal that would have kind of swung momentum for the Titans for sure. But they still had some of that back with uh, the sack on Rodgers after Green Bay got a little greedy on fourth down. Um, but the Aaron, Ro- the Aaron Jones run kind of felt almost like a premature dagger that we were all too scared to call a dagger because we wanted to make sure that the Packers could actually close out a game in all facets. And I think to your point, you know, that absolutely set them up. That was just the final momentum swing that the Titans were never really able to recover from. Yeah, and it really is. It's it's nice to see a game that the, the Packers sort of dominated from beginning to end, right? Like, you know, this is a really explosive Tennessee offense, and so of course they're going to score some points. And it seemed like they got back in the game momentarily, but the Packers really just kind of slammed the door on them um, down the stretch. And, and that's something that, you know, I, I think a lot of fans are going to be eager to see in the playoffs as opposed to this, like, sitting on the edge of your seat for 60 minutes uh, that we're used to with, with Green Bay football. Um, <laughs> so the one thing coming out of that certainly is going to be injuries. Um, and the only injury of note that I had was Rick Wagner, who um, was listed as questionable to return with a knee injury. He was carted to the locker room. He did not return, so that questionable was, um, I guess, changed to out since he didn't come back in. Uh, Lucas Patrick kicked in, and, and Billy Turner slid out to right tackle, and the Packers continued to do really good things. Um, however, Rick Wagner is somebody the Packers certainly are going to want for the the Week 17 game and, and the playoffs, but, you know, it's never good when you hear knee and cart together. Yeah, absolutely. So, speaking of next week, uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, the number one seed being up for grabs plus a chance to knock the Bears out of the playoffs? I mean, I, I'm i sad that this wasn't the game that could clinch the number one seed for the Packers, but, you know, they got help in other weeks when they needed to, and as my, as nice as it would have been for the Rams to beat the Seahawks and the Packers to have that moment um, I think it's significant, you know, and to to take the Bears out is, I think if you told Packers fans, like, hey, this is a trade-off, you can win the number one seed, you just have to beat the Bears in Week 17, Packers fans would take it 10 out of 10 times, and, you know, it's hard to win in this league, and I think that that's, I guess, the one thing that I don't want Packers fans to lose in this is, you know, the Chiefs almost lost to the Falcons, um, the Browns went up really high, uh, early against the Titans, and the Titans almost mounted a comeback. So, you know, the fact that last week we were kind of concerned with the Packers against Carolina not winning pretty enough, and then, you know, they come and blow out the Titans, who very well, you know, could be in that Super Bowl conversation for the AFC. The fact that the Titans were also in the championship game last season, like, 
this is impressive. And, you know, I thought going into the season, the Packers would be a better football team with a worse record. And they might not be. <laughs> they could still be a 13-3 and football team. And I do think holistically they're better. And, you know, if all they have to do is go to Soldier Field, a place that is basically a second home to them, they're I don't remember who said it, maybe Andy Herman, uh, the pod father, but the Packers are basically a 32-minute plane ride away from never having to leave Lambeau Field unless it's to go to the Super Bowl, and I would definitely take those odds. Yeah, I have I have mixed emotions about this because on one <laughs> hand, you know, you're absolutely right. The the opportunity to get that number one seed is is so valuable and and so you know having to earn that in week 17 against a what probably in despite how they've been playing is an inferior Chicago team um is pretty great and and we should be really optimistic about that um and you know tearing the souls out of Chicago Bears fans has been something <laughs> that I've personally enjoyed for quite a while. Seeing Randall Cobb running down the field on fourth down wide open um, or, you know, the, the NFC Championship game on the, the magical 2010 ride, those those things are, are pretty cool. The counter to that is the Packers are going to be playing a January game on the worst field in the NFL uh, for injuries going into what hopefully is a bye week, but you know, you, I, I just I always get nervous when when the Packers play at Soldier Field, regardless of the timeline, because that field is always chewed up. It always seems to claim at least two or three injuries for Green Bay, and that's something I'm really really nervous about going in into this part of the season is is trying to keep everybody healthy, but. Um, you know, you're you're absolutely right. If you told me um, in August that the Packers would have an opportunity to be the number one seed with a win at Chicago, I would be all in on that. <laughs> yeah. So anything else that you wanted to add? No, I think that's it. I mean, I think, you know, when we're talking about complete football from the Packers, I don't know about you, but I thought this was their best game of the season, bar none, just a complete football game. And Now's the time to do it. December football, you know, that arrow is pointing straight up, and that's exactly what you want going into the playoffs. Yeah, and you're, you're spot on there. And we were talking right before we started recording, I think this defense is starting to gel, and building those kind of performances in the playoffs are the way to win. You look at every team that's won a Super Bowl over the last 15 years, and they've all built up positive momentum leading to the playoffs. And, and certainly right now the Packers are doing that. So so things should be uh, pointing north, and uh, hopefully the <laughs> NFC will go through the north. Um, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack Day Podcast. You can find Maggie on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, and you can find me at Andrew Murtig. Remember to also follow at Pack Day Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what you're doing. You can catch Maggie every Thursday with Jacob and Jimmy. And Kyle and myself will be back in our usual Friday spot. Um, we will probably get get you to join the crew again during draft season, <laughs> Maggie. At least I'm hoping so. But this has been fun, uh, late season opportunity to get caught up. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a happy new year. And as always, remember.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.